You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In this episode, Candace and Cher discuss internal family systems and how parts work has impacted their healing journey. When we understand that complex childhood trauma causes us to cut off beautiful parts of ourselves for our survival, we will be able to receive the compassion we need to heal. Listen in as Candace and Cher introduce parts work to set the stage for their next two episodes. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candace. How's it going today? Going well. So good to be here and just have enjoyed our conversation before the conversation here. So great to just have the opportunity to engage with you on these concepts about the journey of dealing with trauma and how mm. we're coping, how we're healing, how we're working. And you said something that I thought was so good about how we work on this daily. And yeah, it, it's good. Really good. So yeah, great to be here with you today. Yeah, good to be with you. I love that. And I have mentioned before to you that when we started this podcast, I struggled a little bit with, you know, we're not showing up as clinicians and therapists. We're showing up as coaches, but it occurred to me that we're also showing up really as professional clients. <laughs> yeah. Like we do this work daily, not only for ourselves. I mean, we started first for ourselves, but we both felt led to when we discover things that are helping us heal things that we didn't even know in the beginning were still not healed. We began to say, how can we not share this? You know, how can we not use our voices in a way that maybe will bring encouragement to other people that this journey is painful, but there are ways that we can find healing, find the comfort that we always needed and show up differently in our lives. Yeah, so important. And really such an honor too. I, I know that there, every week I hear of someone else who says that they're listening to the podcast. And it's really an honor to be able to bring these concepts that have changed our lives and put words to it in ways that can help other people grasp and move into their own healing. And I love so much being able to be in this place of offering to others the things that have helped me find freedom and healing and wholeness. I had someone reach out to me last week after listening to our first episode on attachment, which our last two episodes were on attachment, attachment wounds that lead to our attachment styles in adulthood. She just, it was such a precious message. And I was just so thankful because you know, those didn't answer all her questions, but it made her curious to want to learn more. And that's really all we're doing yeah. is for those who are looking for answers to bring some curiosity that, that maybe there's more to their stories than they've ever known. And what they discover in that will bring so much love and compassion into the struggles that they're having today. 
Yeah, that's such a good segue into what we're going to talk about today, because today we're talking about something that isn't real known by a lot of people, though it's becoming so much more talked about today. But that is this concept of that we have younger parts that have a very strong and real influence on the ways that we do life. We want to, we've, we've mentioned it before, we want to introduce it today in a much more upfront and informational kind of way so that we can bring something forward and much more into the open that has been such a huge part of yours and my journey. So let's dive into this conversation about parts. So when you say parts, I also want to name fragmentation. When we've had childhood trauma and specifically, you know, our conversations around complex childhood trauma, where it's not just an isolated event, which can be trauma, but it's repeated throughout childhood. So it becomes really our normal. And that's why it's hard to name it because it was just our normal. When we've had complex childhood trauma, we begin to fragment into these parts because our brain and our bodies and our heart get very confused about the messages that come through repetitive neglect or abuse and these things that we are experiencing as a little child. And so fragmentation happens really for our survival. When we fragment as a child, what we're doing is we're trying to find a way to survive. And so in our next episode, where you're talking with your coach, Lori, you specifically name a part of you that you were able to get in touch with that has helped you so much in your healing journey. Do you want to share a little more about that? Yes. And I'll just say, we don't choose fragmentation. Mm -hmm. We do not choose this diversity of parts to begin to become a way of coping with our lives that can feel impossible when we're in the context of ongoing trauma and no one is helping us. No one is guiding us through or giving us understanding or rescuing us, which is what we desperately needed. So we fragment and it's our way of coping. It's our way of surviving. And but it's not something that we choose or that we develop. It's actually this God given way that our brain functions to enable survival in situations that are just very, very hurtful and very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so through time over the last probably four years, I have identified several parts. And by parts, we're talking about the whole inner child concept. A lot of times when people refer to their inner child, they're thinking in terms of one. So often I feel like I'm seven years old when I'm in social situations. I felt that way for most of my life. And the first time I heard about inner child was I was probably in college and it just was like, oh yeah, like I have an inner child. Over the last, I think, four years, I've come to realize that I have more than one inner child. I have several and I refer to them as parts, or I affectionately refer to them as my littles. 
And this comes from what is called internal family systems or IFS theory. If someone wants to do more research on that, there's so much available today about this. So I've come to identify several parts and each part has been a fragmented part of my soul that came to be at different places of trauma in my life. One of them is very, very young. One is about five, one is about seven, one is about 10. Some of them carry the deep wounds. Some of them then developed in order to help me navigate life. So they're more what we call protectors, managers, the parts where this gifting really arises so that we can navigate the the very difficult situations that we're living in. And so the part that I'm talking about next week on our on our podcast with my coach is a part that I call Sally. And she actually when when I saw her for the first time and usually our parts come forward, they reveal themselves to us, she gave me her name. And I was a little surprised at her name because I didn't know anyone in my life named Sally. So it was, there's, there's mystery, there's, but, but I have learned to approach my parts that show up with curiosity. But when she first came, she really scared me. I didn't understand who she was and what she was about. And I'll talk more about that next week. We wanted to do this episode today to explain a little bit more about parts so that our listeners can really understand next week what we're talking about. Because when we talk about parts, we are not talking about disassociative identity disorder or multiple personalities. It's not that. That can happen and does happen for many people when childhood trauma is severe because it's it's another layer of coping and surviving. But dealing with our parts is not as, and I will say, difficult or complex as even going into DID or multiple personalities. Parts is just so every day. And I've said my whole life, well, part of me, blah, 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 but another part of me, blah, 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 blah. And didn't realize at all that I was literally talking about my parts who often bring kind of this inner conflict within me, like that caused me to feel very much caught in ambivalence of, I want to do that, but I don't want to experience that or some some aspect of that, that then causes me to so often just end up freezing and not being able to move or shutting down and not being able to engage in relationships the the way that I want to. So that was a lot. That was a mouthful. Thoughts, Candice, (laughs) on that? Yeah, I had a couple thoughts pop up. And I want to say, you know, when you say that Sally revealed herself to you, it can feel like, well, how does that happen? Do you hear that in your mind? You know, what does that look like? And what I want to say I want to bring out the mystery of this, that we do have these inklings, these thoughts that come into to our awareness. And if that feels weird or I don't have that happening, what I want to say is in this work, we support whatever's working. We support whatever is working for the individual. 
we don't have to understand it. We don't have to be experts in it, but your coach led you into something that be, that was working for you. And you've helped lead me into this inner child work that's working for me. And when we say working, what we're saying is those parts are becoming integrated. So it's easy for us to understand the concept of wholeness. Think about that across the board in every healing realm or profession, we hear the term wholeness. We can grab onto that. Fragmentation and parts and inner child work is about bringing wholeness back into our being. So what we're experiencing in our bodies, what our emotions are saying, what our prefrontal cortex, our executive function, our mind is saying, they become integrated. They come into harmony. That's why we do this work is for growing wholeness. And so your parts work, my parts work. We are seeing some fruit of tending to those inner children who are a very real part of us. And I like that you named, you know, even before you understood that there was this modality for healing, you were already aware that you had parts. And isn't it wonderful to understand that our identity, who we truly are, isn't defined by just one part of us? Yeah, it is. And it's a blessing in our age, in our 2000, in our year 2022, that when we get inklings of something or when we have experiences, we can just Google it and (laughs) Boom. <laughs> There's all kinds of, and we find all this information about it, right? I want to just say that I'm just going to share a little bit about Sally because I grew up in a home where there was, where I experienced severe sexual abuse from my father. And I grew up knowing that being a little girl in that home was a very dangerous. Mm. And so Sally is the part of me that was my little girlness. She was all of what it meant to be a glorious little girl. But because that was dangerous in my world, she had to be exiled. She had to be pushed away. And so I grew up very much distancing myself from anything that had to do with pink or dolls or playing house. I wanted to be outside and working hard and playing with my brother because that I perceived that that was much more safe. And so when we go through experiences where a part of us is not safe in our world, our mind and our body will find a way to survive. Mm-hmm. And so this splintering or this fragmenting is, it's literally survival. And so then that part of me stayed hidden for so, so long, because then there's so much shame around it that pressed me then into the need to hide and pretend and perform. Because as I grew up, I had parts of me that I needed to reject, and yet I'm living in a world where I have to look and act and seem like I'm normal, 
and I can function in life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this is not, we, we don't really do this deliberately. It's, it happens. It's just a part of how we cope in the world that we grow up in. Mm-hmm. How about yeah. you, Candace? How did you discover your parts? As you know, I've been able to identify two parts that I work with mostly. I'm not saying there's not more. My youngest part is around probably six or seven, eight, just those those years where I experienced going from what I thought was this home where I had everything that I needed. Not that it was perfect, but it was, it felt, I didn't feel different. You know, I walked or ran to school. I come home. I have a dog. I have my brother. I have my mom and dad. And yes, there were things that, that weren't, like I said, perfect, but it's still, I I felt safe, mostly safe. And then overnight when my dad left our home, even though I can, as an adult now know that my dad wasn't abandoning me and knowing that he didn't even want to now, that little girl felt abandoned. That abandonment wound created a part of me that began always looking for and longing for someone outside of my home. It's caused a lot of hurt and pain over the years in my reenactments. So when I started seeing her and understanding like, okay, this is, this is very real and I can turn towards her. So that abandonment wound in my life hasn't been something I've been aware of every day. It's been seasonal for me where I, I didn't know what was going on, but it was this something's wrong. I don't know what's wrong, but I need someone or something to bring a level of security to my body. It's really been life-changing for me. And I'm going to say it's still life-changing for me because I may have to tend to this wound until I die. That doesn't mean that I'm not healing and growing. It just means that I no longer have to be afraid of those abandonment feelings that come up in my body. It means that I don't have to let them take over. But do I know for sure that they'll never come back again? No, I don't know that. But am I more hopeful that I know what to do now and that it really isn't true that I'm abandoned or will be abandoned? And it's actually true that if I did experience abandonment, If you go back and listen to our attachment episodes, I have enough earned secure attachments that I won't feel alone. Yeah, so important. And I think when we begin to know our younger parts and begin to understand them and know where they came from and why they're there and the wounds they carry, we begin to move toward them with from our adult self the same way or a similar way that we would move toward our child or our grandchild. And we move toward them and we love them and we listen to them and we bring understanding to why they bring up the feelings or the thoughts or the fear that we experience. And when we begin to see them as 
little children, in a sense, we can move toward them with love and tenderness and kindness and bring the four S's to them. We can see them, soothe them, bring safety and security the way that we needed when we were children in very difficult situations, the way that we needed back then, we can actually bring that now. These younger parts, as we tend to them and bring care to them, like I just find myself loving them. And and yes, they they sometimes bring up things that I have to struggle with or move through, but it's in a very different way now because I see them so completely different and I have an understanding of why they are there, where they came from, and how literally they kept me alive. Mm-hmm. What's coming up in me right now is I want to do a future episode on my protector part. I want to name more clearly and specifically how my protector part kept me from the horrendous pain of feeling abandoned. And it will be a very vulnerable podcast for me. But I have this sense that there are going to be probably quite a few people who can relate in some way in the way that I coped that was very shameful, filled with lots of confusion and guilt until I encountered someone who knew my stories and and was learning more of my stories. And my teenage girl didn't turn away. She didn't join me in my self-hatred for her. She moved in very close to my protector part. It began a big shift in my life. And I'm so grateful that people, there are people out there who understand parts work. So, so sweet, Candice. And I, I hear you and I will name your protector. Brilliant. Brilliant. Our protectors are brilliant in the way that they work hard to keep us alive. And even though sometimes we, we meet them with a lot of judgment and condemnation, (laughs) So I want to say to our listeners, and it's it's always so hard to end every episode, I feel like we could go on and on. And I, I bless that you brought that up and that we will come back to that. And your tears are beautiful. So good to be with you, my friend. Yeah, I just, I actually want to just say a couple of words to our listeners before we close. I want to just say our awareness is that this can be a new concept to many people and it can sound strange, but it's something that has become so precious and so meaningful and so healing where I think both of us would name this work has brought more healing to us than, I mean, it's hard to separate because it's so all interwoven, but this work with our little parts has, has been so important and so hard and so wonderful. Mm -hmm. So if it sounds strange or weird, I encourage our listeners to stay curious and see if you can move toward this a little bit more. Stay engaged with us in the next couple of episodes as we talk more about this. So good to be with you. Love you so much, Cher. I love (laughs) you too, friend. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, 
Take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Auditory LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.